There's a very interesting Gemara. The Gemara in Nita, on the final of the base, is discussing the questions that the people of Alexandria asked Rabbi Yeshua. One of the questions is famous. They asked him, What should a person do in order to become wise? We understand the question. is B'nai Torah, we probably have the same question ourselves. What should a person do to become wise? And Rabbi Yeshua's answer, he should spend his time learning. Yar Rabbi Yeshiva. To that they responded, many tried that it didn't work for them, so he said, Ella, he should daven as well. But what's more puzzling is the second question they asked. Him. And the people of Alexandria asked him, what should a person do to become wealthy? Maybe that's not the foremost question on our minds. Maybe after all the expenses of Ben Azmanim it is. But nevertheless, the people of Alexandria asked the question, what should a person do to become wealthy? And Rabbi Shur's answer, you should do more business. You should do more business. He should conduct himself with Mimuna. To which they responded, Many tried this, it didn't work. And Rabbi Shur responds to them, Rather you should daven to the true source of wealth. And the Gemara brings the Pasuk, that Hashem says, Hashem says the source of the gold and the silver is me. Now this is a very, very strange Gemara. We understand Rabbi Yeshua's second answer very well. We understand that the source of wealth is Hashem. A person wants wealth, daven to Hashem. That's what Rabbi Yeshua told him second, and that makes a lot of sense. But what's hard to understand is what was Rabbi Yeshua's first answer. Originally when they asked the question, Rabbi Yeshua said a person should do more business. Why would that be a reason to get more wealth? When it came to learning, and Rabbi Yeshua said a person should spend more time learning, we understand there's a cause and effect. More time learning, a person will learn more. But when it comes to wealth, it's not so much a product of our activity. There's no guarantee that if a person works more or works harder, he'll make more money. Money is decided by Hashem. Like Chazal says so many times. And if that's the case, we understand that Yeshua's second answer is correct. It's totally on Hashem. It's totally on Tefillah. But what was he thinking in the beginning when he said a person should work more? Why would that even play a part in how much money a person is meant to have? This is the question. Let's look at an interesting thing. The Gemara tells us the story of the prophet Yoel. And we know in the time of Yoel, there was a terrible famine. There was a plague of locusts which devoured every last bit of vegetation. The trees and the fruit. The crops which are growing in the grass and because of the utter devastation brought about by the plague of the locusts, 
the Jewish people were left with nothing to eat. It was already Nisan, it was already after the rainy season. And the only food remaining was the few grains of wheat that the Jews managed to collect. And the Gemara tells us in Tainis and Dafhei that they came to the Navi with a question. What should they do with the remaining grains of wheat? They could grind it into flour. They could bake bread. They would have food for a day. They could plant it. But the likelihood of the crop growing was minimal. It was already after the rainy season had ended. And the Navi Yoel told them, B'Shem Hashem, plant. And what will we eat? We're giving away, we're risking our very last food. We're planting wheat seeds which might just spoil in the ground and never produce anything. But the Navi told them to plant. And they obeyed the Navi, they planted. And what happened? Hashem did two separate nisim for them. The first nest is that now that the Jews had planted their last wheat seeds and they were left starving with no other source of food, Hashem caused all the ants who had stored wheat seeds throughout the winter to bring the seeds back from their anthills and replace them, so to speak, return them to the Jews where they've been taken from. Imagine a whole line of ants, each one carrying a kernel of wheat back to the people he took it from. So the Jews had, so to speak, their store of food had been somewhat replenished. But Hashem did a second nest as well. And then He brought the rain and He caused the crops to grow miraculously. So that even though they had only been planted at the beginning of Nisan, and we know that the wheat crop normally takes four to five months to grow to full size, maybe even more. Here the crops grew so quickly that by Pesach time they already had ripe wheat that they could cut down for the Omer. They were cut down to, to grind, grind into flour and produce bread. So we see tremendous bracha. And one could ask the question, if they were going to get such tremendous bracha, why would they put in such a difficult position? That they have to choose to give away the last morsels of food, so to speak. To plant them, because Hashem said so. And face starvation before Hashem saved them. That's not much of a question. The answer is straightforward. They merited miracles because of their mysterious nefesh. Now that was the story of the Navi Yael. The generation who followed the word of the Navi and were willing, so to speak, to be left with their larder empty, with no food on the table because Hashem told them to plant. And Hashem responded with a miracle. But let's learn from here a principle. You know the famous Gemara in Shabbos talks about the six orders of the Mishnah and connect them to the Pasuk. Each of the six words in this Pasuk refer to one of the orders of the Mishnah. So some of them are straightforward. 
Itecho your times means Seder Moed. That's the Seder of the Mishnah which talks about times of the year. But what one of the phrases which needs explanation, the Gemara says, Emunas. Emunas, your Emunah is Seder Zroim. Seder Zroim talks about all the laws of farming, of agriculture, of Trimus and Masis, of Shmita, of Bikurim. Why is that called Emunah? And the Gemara explains that the person who plants is Ma'amin Bechayo Ilamin Vazareya. He relies on Hashem. What does Emunas have to do with Seder's Reim? Shemamin Bechayo Ilamin Vazareya. That a person trusts in Hashem to plant. Now, who are we talking about? Everybody plants. Everyone plants. <laughs> That's how farming works. A person has seeds, but he plants the seeds and expects them to grow and produce more than they originally were, and that's how a person develops the ground. That's how a person makes money in agriculture. What makes farming something which demonstrates that a person's maimin b'chayu ilamim? That farming is a sign of imunah. So the Yisod, the principle, doesn't just apply to farming, even though that was the form of commerce that the Jewish people in Eretz Yisrael engaged in, but by extension it applies to all business activity. And that is, in truth, what does everybody rely on? To do business, to plant, you're risking your money. If you just keep what you had, at least it's something which is guaranteed. By investing it, or going into business, if you're a farmer by planting, there's a certain risk. You might make, but you might lose your capital. Now, most of the world who goes to do business, most of the world who goes to plant, they're relying on statistics, probability, the way of the world, that's how Teva works. And maybe they will be successful. But that's not Emunas. There's no Emunas there. Or at least there's no Emunas in Hashem. Maybe they're relying on their own business acumen. They're relying on what they see other people doing. They're relying on whoever they take advice from. So yes, a person will take risks, so to speak. Will make investments. But it's his investments based on his or whoever he's relying on their understanding. What makes an investment an act of imuna? So let's give a marshal. Imagine I was wanting I was wanting to invest money, and I wasn't sure what to invest it in. So if I'm relying on myself, I will think. To my mind, what's a safe investment, what's a lucrative investment, that's where I put my money. Is it taking a chance? Yes. But I'm relying on my experience or my understanding to think what's the right move to do. If I want to rely on somebody else's opinion, I consider him an expert, somebody has experience, and then I'm going to take the advice he gives me. Now what if the advice he gives me makes no sense to me? He tells me sell and I think it's exactly the opposite. It's the time to buy. He tells me invest here and I think I should invest there. 
So now it's a question of trust. If I'm happy to listen to advice, but at the end of the day, if it doesn't make sense to me, I won't do it, I don't really trust him. I'm just willing to listen to his opinion. But if I really trust that he has more experience and he has more knowledge of the system, then even if he tells me something to do something which to my mind makes no sense, but I'm prepared to listen to him because I give him the credit for the experience that he has. Then you can say I'm investing because I trust in that person. I rely on them. And if that's the marshal, then let's explain the nimshal. If a person wants to be in the category of somebody who's being maimin b'chayelomim, he's planting because he's relying on Hashem to plant, then he has to follow Hashem's business advice. And that means even if to his mind it doesn't make sense, to his mind it's not a successful way to do business. But Lemaisa, if that's the instructions that Hashem is giving him how to do his business, so he's prepared to put aside the way he thinks. To ignore the fact that to his understanding it doesn't make any sense and follow the advice. That's called being maimin b'chayi If we look at the end of Parshas Re'eh, we see an amazing thing. Maybe we've not noticed this in the Psukim because we've never paid attention to it. So let's draw attention to something amazing. In the last two aliyahs of Parshas Re'eh, no less than 11 times the Pasuk says that Hashem will bless you. Or Hashem has blessed you. And again and again and again. And Hashem will bless you. Hashem will bless you. What are all these blessings coming for? So we see in the parish of Re'eh at the end, a number of financial halachas, a number of halachas with regard to money, and to the human mind, none of them make sense. For example, the halacha is, after six years, you have to free your slaves. And not only that, you have to gift them when they leave. And that makes no sense. I've bought this worker. Eventually I've trained him in. I've gotten used to the way he works. And he's starting to be, produce a profit. And now I have to let him go for free. I'm losing my manpower. I'm losing my stuff. But the Torah says, let him go. Similarly, there's a chiv in the Torah to lend money to a friend. Is it safe to lend somebody money? Normally, yes. I expect them I'll get repaid. But there's a caveat. Come Shmita. Come Shmita. The Allah is all debts are wiped out. And therefore, the Torah says quite rightly, that before Shemitah, a person is much less likely to lend money. It's a very unsafe investment. It's a very risky loan. Because there's no, there's no reason why he's going to have to pay me back. Come Shemitah and wipe out the debt, and I won't get my capital back. Does it make financial sense to lend money in such a way? No. But the Torah warns me. 
that you think such a thing. And you're going to res- refrain from lending money because you worry that you won't get the money back again. You have to lend. To our mind, it's a financially unwise decision. But in this case, and in the previous case, of the freeing of the slaves, the Torah says, Do it. Hashem will bless you. You want to invest on Hashem's terms, then you zeichet to a bracha. And not only then you zeichet to a bracha, it's because you're investing on Hashem's terms that you zeichet to a bracha. Because when a person shows by the way he invests that he's relying on Hashem, and that's going to dictate how he decides to put his where to put his money or what to use his money for. So then that's the source of bracha. And if we saw it in these two cases, let's go to the primary example of this in our parasha. The mitzvah of tzedakah. To give away money. Not only to give away money, to give away a tenth of one's money. Or if we explain like the Vilna go and aser to aser means twice the tenth, a person has to give away a fifth of their money. That's 20% of the income. And he's not getting anything for it. Give it away. Give it away. To the human mind, that's not the way to make money. To give away such a large percentage for nothing, it's you're killing your profit. Once again, if you're investing on Hashem's terms, Hashem will bless you. It's more than just Hashem will bless you. When it comes to Maitre, the Gemara says, you're allowed to test Him. Test me. If I don't open for you the storehouses of heaven. If you're going to invest and rely on Hashem, how you invest? A person is maimin b'chayo ilomim v'zayreya. Then that's the, that's the way to get brach. Let's give another example. Shabbos. That's the seventh of the week a person can't work. That's a significant amount of his ability to make money. It's not just Shabbos, it might be it's a weekend. It could be that's the most profitable day in the business. But if a person's working on Hashem's terms, Hashem says don't work Shabbos. And if you don't work Shabbos, then we say Shabbos is the Makar HaBracha. It's the source of Bracha. When a person shows Hashem that it's not his decisions of how to make money, he's following what Hashem wants him to do. Even though it doesn't make sense to the human mind, then that emuna, that emuna that a person's maimin b'chayilamim v'zayreya, that's what brings by bracha. And from the topic of Shabbos, Shmit is the same thing. But Tzivisiyas Birchosi, the Torah says, I'll mitzavim bracha to the sixth year. Why? Because when a person shows he's relying on Hashem how to, how to run his business, how to plant his field, how to make his money, then it's the koyach of that emuna that brings about the bracha. Like we said, again and again, by Tzitaka, by Evedevri, by loans, by Shabbos, by Shmita, by taking care of the poor and the orphan and the widow and the ger. In all these cases, if the way a person does his business is based on emunah, 
is following Hashem's plan, so to speak, for financial success, then that emunah is the source of the bracha. The Navi Yael was just an example of this. When Klai Yisrael needed that bracha, they were facing a crippling famine. They were staring at starvation. You want bracha, especially in the case where the bracha is to be that miraculous, you have to be willing to show emunah. And when a person shows emunah, that's what entitles them to bracha. As clear, you're following Hashem's plan for financial success. And that brings us back to the Gemara we started with. Let's look close at what Rabbi Yeshua said. They asked him, What should a person do to become wealthy? And we know the principle of Emunah. We know that a person's actions don't make them wealthy. We know that it's not the business that a person chooses or the line that he goes into or the amount of time he puts in at the desk or in the store. That's not guaranteeing anything. That's not what Rabbi Yeshua told him. Let's look at the words of the Gemara again. Rabbi Yeshua told them, Yareb Yisraira v'yisa v'yitin be'emunah. A person who wants to become wealthy, then the factor which is going to bring the wealth is when he demonstrates emunah in how he does his business. That he closes before Shabbos. That he gives to tzedakah. That he follows all the other chiyuvim of the Torah when it comes to money. Yisa v'yitin be'emunah. Because emunah is the reason which brings wealth. That we say in our parasha. That's when a person zayichet to beracha chashem alekecha again and again and again. And the people didn't understand him. They said harbei also came, but also be adam. We know this expression harbei also came comes when people tried to do something and weren't able to. For example, Rav Shimon Bar Yechai said the right way to learn Torah is with complete involvement in Torah to exclusion of everything else. The Gemara says, Harbei also came, but also be Adam. And therefore, they told Rabbi Shur the same thing. That a person's way of conducting himself is basically only is based on Emunah to that level. It might be the level of a select few. Most people aren't holding by that. And Rabbi Shur's answer is, then welcome to Tfilah. Welcome to Tfilah, because Tfilah is another way to develop that Emunah. There's another way to develop the sense that the money all comes from Hashem. I can either have mysterious nefesh and be willing, so to speak, to what seems to me to be sacrificing my income, ruining my line of work by listening to the halacha. And if that's the case, the mysterious nefesh for the munna that I'm following Hashem's plan for financial success is the catalyst for the bracha, or you all fill it. Because tefillah is the point where a person works on this understanding. That I have to work on developing a remunah. Of asking Hashem because I know that He is the source of the bracha. These are the two tracks to bracha. This is our passion. Re'e starts with bracha. Re'e nasatid if ne'echem ayem is a bracha. Hashem gives the bracha in front of us. And the Torah finishes with bracha. Again and again. Kashiyah barechecha Hashem alekecha. The bracha is available. What we've learned is what's the way to access that. And the way to access that bracha is understanding that it's coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when a person is Zareya Umaymin Bechei Ilamim 
He relies on Hashem and he shows his reliance on Hashem. The way he runs his business, the way he allocates his money is based on the halacha. And that's the catalyst to get that bracha. So much so, like we said before, Hashem says, Test me. You'll see for yourselves that following Hashem's plan is the route to receiving Hashem's bracha.